Hey guys, this is Lindsay Schnorr. Welcome to my podcast, Known to be Known. I want to inspire you to wonder and question and think for yourself rather than tell you what to think as we go on a journey to get to know God. I'd like to suggest that God's desire was never to get you to heaven, but to get heaven through you, and that he actually gave us this answer to what eternal life looks like in John 17, 3, saying that eternal life is this, that we would know God as the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. You see, he gave us an end game and a timeline, relationship forever. I believe that as we get to know him, he's made known through our lives and evangelism, you know, sharing the gospel, actually looks and sounds a lot like you and your life. You ready for an adventure? Let's go. Hello, everybody. It's a good day. Wow, what a weekend. Um, As of this recording, it is Monday early afternoon. And if you have been keeping up with episodes, um, we had a women's event this past Saturday that united uh, my friend Charity Major's uh, ministry, Meant for More, and uh, mine, Known to be Known Ministries, to bring women together to to really set a space for, for God to move. And I wanted to take a moment to talk about that experience. Um, first of all, to encourage, to to excite, um, and also to share the real processes of what it looks like to be obedient. So, obviously, you guys all know that I am almost exactly two weeks post-op now from what was an incredibly painful situation. <laughs> And quite frankly, any normal human being on earth would have validated um, me canceling out on doing this particular event, and yet God. And it has been my experience in the past that often the Lord will put things on my calendar or, or make the connections or have me say yes to something in advance of circumstances that would have very fairly kept me out of saying yes or committing. And this was the case with this particular event that was really in the making of being put together, I want to say like August, early September, and uh, was totally God. Like the, the vision, the, the rental for the space, the message, um, all the components were there. And yet I had no idea that part of the process after being committed was going to be, quite frankly, a fight to get to what God had already said was going to take place. And in the midst of recuperating from surgery, there was actually a handful of times that I was still going to throw in the towel. And I would pick up my phone to, to call my friend to cancel out, and I would have the craziest things happen. I had a friend whom I have not um, interacted with in almost a year. I met him in Chicago. A older gentleman that I would consider like a mentor figure text me in India that God had dropped me on his heart. 
and through the course of the encouragement that he was sending right at the time that I was second guessing what God had said about this event was a renewed resource of knowing that I could do this. God had said to do it, so it wasn't my strength I was depending on. It's it's him. And another time, I was just about ready to be done and was even processing through with some family members, and they're like, it is completely fine for you to say no to this. And I had a moment where I'm like, I am absolutely validated in saying no, but there was something in the very core of my spirit that just couldn't give up on it. And it wasn't, let me let me be clear too, it wasn't that um, desire not to fail. So there's a difference. I didn't want to not say no because it was going to be a failure or somehow come up short. That's not the feeling. The feeling that I had was, you can do this. And the you can do this was absolutely, completely not logical or related to the current circumstances of what was going on. I wasn't even vertical until 24 hours before the event took place. Friday was the first day that I was actually standing for at least an hour at a time, <laughs> which was exhausting. So I'm going to fast forward up to this this Friday. I went to my friend's event center to set it all up. And after we got through our, our AV run through with the satellite location that we'd been tied into in Idaho, a tree fell down and knocked out all the power to the event facility. And my friend who owns it had to, of course, get everything uh, put together and in working order again for the following morning to, to host this event. It was wild. There were so many different things. And, and that night, Friday night, I didn't sleep all night long. I ended up having... Um, what many of you would call night terrors, but it's it's demonic oppression. I, I kept being woken up in the night by by entities, one in which case actually threatened my life if I was going to go to the event, in which case at this point in my life, I was like, okay, I absolutely need to be at this thing no matter what. This is going to be awesome. And getting there, I even forgot the detail to tell you that the Lord had led me to sell tickets because for the last Seven years of my life, any time that I've been asked to speak or do anything, I have never, ever expected to collect any type of donation towards, towards what God's doing in my life until this time where the Lord asked me to charge tickets, which we are actually going to go a little bit of rabbit trail so that you can hear this part of the process, to which I responded, I am not comfortable with doing that, God. I'm, I'm completely comfortable with doing things for free for you. And he said to me, Lindsay, do you think there's no value in what I've shared with you? And for me, at this intersection of experience, it was a conviction where I realized that in order for God to actually rest and multiply and reach through whatever he's doing in my life, it would take the humility of trusting that what God had sown into my life actually has value. Which sounds like a rhetorical thing to say until you're in ministry and you hit a point where finances are a very real part of it. And what the church as a whole has not done a great job of 
of executing as far as teaching or equipping is the fact that those of us that have ministry on our lives, it's actually not a bad thing that it would be provisionally supported. We don't talk about it. But guess what? That's what this podcast is for, is giving a safe space to talk about the things. It is not bad to have money in ministry. It's not bad to have money in anything. It's bad if you worship money or it becomes the source of your motivations. And I'm sorry that I'm getting loud, but it was a really great conviction for me because I actually realized what God's doing in my life has value. If God wants to do increasingly more, like I pray for every day, if he wants to reach people increasingly further, like I pray for every day, it's going to take finances. And where are the finances going to get generated? In the exact place that he gifted me to steward. In the exact place that he gifted you, wherever you're listening at right now, to steward. There is value in what God has done in and through you. And that value becomes an invitation for people to actually sow into the ministry, quote unquote, of your life. Whether that looks like actual itinerant ministry, it looks like evangelizing, or if it looks like teaching kindergarten, opening up a coffee shop, working in the orthopedic industry, whatever God has sown into you in your giftings and in your influence has value. And let us not be mistaken that if you are called under the umbrella of the church, that somehow you are in a poverty situation. No, Lord. (laughs) And when I say no, Lord, I mean I'm agreeing with God on this. Friends, if you have a ministry call on your life, there is value and there is provision for the vision. So off that little soapbox, doop, for a second, I obviously listened to God and charged a ticket price and sold six tickets. (laughs) And I'm laughing because in the Christian world, if God tells you to do it and God provides and he's faithful, then he would clearly at least cover the cost of the rental, right? No. Because God's in it for the trust relationship aspect, and he has at least 15 steps, obviously eternal steps ahead, but I've just picked 15, 15 steps ahead of you of how everything's going to come back. And do you actually trust him in your obedience, or are you sacrificing? Because he's pleased by obedience over sacrifice, and I believe for me, it wasn't in the sacrifice of what I was willing to lay down financially and trusting him to recoup it, but it was in the obedience of doing doing what he told me to do, knowing that he would show up and that the financial piece would be taken care of, whether it was Saturday or 10 years from now. Did you hear me? What God has asked you to do, specifically if it involves finances, the end game might not be recouping or seeing increase in finances at the thing he asked you to do. The recoup or the return will come in relationship through the course of obedience. It just makes it more interesting when you've got money in the game. So 
So I'm showing up Saturday to what the world would potentially say was a maybe bunk event. Beautiful facility. My friend's ministry is incredible that we get to sew into for renting this place. Side note, I called her and totally repented directly to her saying that um, I had withheld paying her the rental fee right off the bat because if I was not going to go and I was sick uh, or recuperating, then why, why pay her the rental fee even though I rented it? And the Lord also convicted me in that and said, you haven't paid her yet. You need to pay her now because I asked you to do it two weeks ago. So I called her and apologized and we had this awesome like conversation and ultimately had the great reminder of whether it is one or one million people, we're obedient to God, not for the outcome, but because he asks us. So we roll up Saturday morning. I actually find out through the first few hours in the morning that there has been like maybe an addition of four or five people here, another person couldn't come, like all these random circumstances that were keeping people from showing up. My friend in Idaho, um, I, I want to say she had like maybe 30, 40 people at her location. And outside of all of it, we had released our outline. We had released what we had planned to say onto Jesus and literally came with a Apple message note outline of what we would maybe do. And then God showed up. <laughs> he always shows up. <laughs> we are fickle beings where it is so easy for us to forget. And maybe it's because we are built for eternity that maybe we're more aware of a thousand years being like a day and a day like a thousand years. And that's why retention of things may, may be a lot, lot more fluid when we look at it. Like I can tell you story after story where God's been faithful and yet in the moments where I need him to be faithful, I find myself still sitting in the moments and saying, all right, you're going to do this, right? You're here. You want to use me. I know you're coming. And it can feel kind of like a pep talk. And somewhere in the midst of, of this little pep talk on Saturday and the women that began to arrive... I felt a shift, and I just knew he was coming, and he did. Now, Saturday is a, I love this word, I'm going to throw it out here for you, a cacophony of the glory of God. There was healing taking place, like actual measurable healing there was deliverance taking place. And when I say deliverance, there was not a dramatic like exorcism, but a, a different level of freedom for people that had come in with anxiety or oppression. 
and it is tangible. If you've never experienced before, it is a tangible, measurable experience that you can feel. There was crying, and there was weeping, and there was laughing. At one point, I was so aware of not wanting to disturb what God was doing in the room. And I did not want to be the person facilitating and leading because it is of my belief system and my heart to demonstrate and impart what I've had done in my life to see an immediate equipping and impartation, if you will, take place in in the women and in the people that I get the opportunity to influence. So I stepped away and allowed the women in the room to start moving with the Spirit of God and to watch pairs of women come together and speak encouragement and life to to impart the words that they were hearing Jesus say over one another and to watch this this such sweet space erupt with glory. I was convicted again in that moment that far be it from me that there needed to be 30 more people in there. that the 10 that came were the ones that God had ordained. They were the ones that he knew were going to be there. And I was grateful that we all fought for that space that God had asked us to be obedient to. This has been, I feel like, a really difficult last few months for quite a few people I've talked to. And then you turn on the television. And even if you're really good at filtering and um, being wise about what you put into your atmosphere, the overwhelming amount of, of hard news, whether it's the conflicts that are taking place in the Eastern world, if it's conflict that's taking place in our government or in our cities and in our schools, it's overwhelming. And circumstances, if you're not careful, can drown out what God's actually doing in the midst of things. And I felt really spurred on to come on here and give this example to dumb down things just based on like not even all the global or or state level stuff that in someone's life that went through surgery, that was recouping from surgery and believed that they should have said yes to something that all circumstances would would say that they could have backed out of, that fighting to get to that yes was worth it. And I wonder in this particular broadcast, how many of you have a date on the calendar? How many of you have something that you've said yes to or committed to, no matter how big or small? Like, I'm not saying that all of you went and planned a women's event, but what what number of you have a coffee date or the first time that you're ever going to meet this new person, the, the Bible study that you've never gone to before, the new church that you've never stepped foot into, the new job? 
How many of you have something on your calendar in the next six to eight weeks that you already said yes to and now everything is rallying against it and many of you would say even are very valid reasons to reschedule or cancel? Can I tell you, can I suggest to you, don't do it, don't cancel it, fight for it. If there's a yes in your future that you've already committed to, then maybe, just maybe, it's an opportunity to practice perseverant faith. Not just to believe in a moment, but when pain comes, when suffering comes, when circumstances come, that you don't allow any of those things to influence what you've already committed to believing in. And you say, I'm doing it. But this happens. I'm still doing it. Well, this happened now. I'm still doing it. I'm tired. So what? Show up. There are so many times in this in this like present generation. I'm not talking about Generation Z or Generation 90s or what. I don't even know what they title things anymore. But if you're alive and breathing, you're a part of this living generation. And God's doing something in and through your life that actually he's leading you through in obedience. And again, I'm going to remind you, there is something that is trying to keep you from doing that. Somebody that's trying to keep you from doing that, not just a thing, a person. And If he can't get you to say no the first time God offers it, then he'll try to make it very easy for you to just not follow through. Because in this day and age with all of our Amazon Prime direct click, I can get it in 24 hours. If it actually takes a little bit of grit, it's not worth it. And can I tell you right now, we need grit. We need it. We need to be a tough people, not a content and comforted people that waits until things are easy and doable. No, friends, we need to have endurance to run the race, and the race is a marathon. It isn't a sprint. And the Lord has a funny way of creating endurance And the exact situations that we have shrugged off as being mundane and and for tomorrow. What if the coffee that you have on the calendar with the person that you've never met before is actually a God connection for the next season of your life? What if? What if you don't actually value your own life as much as God does? So it's very easy for you to put off, cancel, and reschedule things because you don't actually recognize the value and opportunity that God keeps giving you. What if pain, what if suffering, what if plot twists aren't actually evidence of you going the wrong way, but are evidence of you going the exact right way. It's interesting, right? Because you can look at patterns. And that's one thing that I have a gift on my life. I, I love patterns. It's it's part of, of a of the prophetic part 
of how God demonstrates and reveals himself is in patterns. And you can look at the pattern right now that is taking place in people's lives that the the amount of resistance that's coming against the very places where God is calling destiny and progress into are the intersections that then give us the choice to either believe God or to back off. And it's it's not as as black and white as you think because we can believe God or or we can say, oh, but I'm just tired. It's okay. I'll be there another day. It's my suggestion that the enemy would make things feel way less important than they actually are. Because if you knew the coffee date was important, there's no way you wouldn't show up. I just, I feel God all over this right now. (laughs) My husband says that I overanalyze everything. You know, I think that's a gift. I think that's actually my gift. One of of my greatest gifts ever is that I overanalyze because I steward every thought that the Lord gives me or doesn't give it or give to me ad nauseum. And that's probably why I get so many thoughts. (laughs) So... I think I should just say you're welcome that I overanalyze everything because it gives us a space for conversation and I do believe invitation for you to experience God, to get to know him. When's the next women's ministry event you say? Oh, soon. I just don't actually know, but you need to be there. And you need to be there because God shows up. And if it's not one that I'm talking about, then it'll be a a ministry event. And I'm not just saying women, I'm saying men too. So whoever is listening, I believe that we're coming into a time that there's going to be events, not for publicizing different ministries, but for people being good stewards of what God's doing in their lives. And he's showing up at these events to prove that he is real to a generation that wants to know he's real. They don't want to just know about him. They don't just want a a different religion or a different philosophy. There's people that want to know, is there truly a creator? Does he really know me? And what does it feel like to be in his presence? What does his voice sound like? And if you've never experienced the manifest presence of God, go somewhere that you can. Yes, you can do it in your living room but I really feel God giving an invitation right now that if you feel a pull to go to something, go to it. Just say yes. And then fight. Fight against all hell to make sure that you get there. And rejoice in the fact that something's fighting against you saying yes. Because there is nothing cooler, can I just tell you, nothing cooler than knowing that exactly what you've committed to, exactly what you've said yes to, is clearly what God's asked you to do because everything would keep you from getting there. And if everything's trying to keep you from getting there, there's no way you're not going to get there because God promises in his word that he goes before, behind, and beside you. And there is no weapon formed against you that can possibly prosper. So all it is is a bunch of noise and talk trying to freak you out and make a decision not to go when God's already made a way for you to show up and when you get there, he comes. 
And sometimes it's in fire. Sometimes it's in power. Sometimes it's in peace. Sometimes it's encounter. But whatever way he shows up propels you into a new season and a new dimension of experience and relationship with him that you didn't have beforehand and is the entire reason that everything's been trying to keep you from getting to what you said yes to. What's the end game in this message? Take courage. Don't be afraid. Jesus is in this. It's not up to you to hold on to hope like hope is going to escape you. It is up to you to acknowledge your actual, what's the word I want for it? Um, Access. So let me re-say that. The point isn't you holding on to hope that somehow if you let go of it like a hot air balloon, it's going to float away from you. It's not your hold, but your access to hope that is important. Hope isn't finite. Hope is infinitely embodied by Jesus. And having hope, having faith, recognizing the Lord, in whatever stage you're in, and maybe recognizing him is just, there is nothing in me logically that knows why I'm saying yes to this. Okay, that's God. Then you hold on to that, and you proceed forward, and you don't let anything keep you from getting there. God, I thank you for every single person listening today. I thank you that you are abundantly, exceedingly over everything we can ask or imagine. And that includes in faith and in hope. Because you even say in your word that if we are faithless, you remain faithful because you can't go against yourself. That it isn't even on us to have enough of the faith because you put yourself in us, Jesus, and you can't go against your own spirit. Lord, I pray a boldness and an uptick of courage like the world has never seen on every single person that is listening right now, that whatever they've committed to, whatever dates you put into their calendar, that there would be a yes that resounds within their entire being that actually supercharges them into focusing and getting to that point, and God, that you meet them there. That it wasn't the fact that Elijah built the altar, but it was his faith in your presence that you came. That we would be a people that don't just say fire fall for the sake of the fire, but that we say fire fall knowing in your faithfulness, knowing in your person, knowing in your presence, Jesus. And that this world that is hungry for the revelation of Jesus Christ would see you move in our lives in power and in truth. And all God's people said, amen. If you don't know Jesus yet, if you don't know him yet, he wants to know you. And he knows you better than you know him. And all he desires 
is that you take the invitation. And if that's you today, all you need to do is say, Jesus, I want to know you. And I want to live my life for you. And I promise you, I promise you that that invitation will change your life. Thank you for listening today. I hope you have found places in your thinking or belief systems that have been encouraged, challenged, or my hope, quite frankly, introduced to completely new concepts. You want to stay connected? Visit me at my website at known to be known. That's the number two and a little b dot com. You can go there to be a part of the blog or to submit to be a member so that when new podcasts and new blogs are released, you're the first to know about it. Can't wait to see you next time.